You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Lanker, and I'm here to help you connect the dots. As a pastor and professor for the last 30 years, I want to help you not only understand the Christian faith, but to make it a transformative part of your everyday experience. Join me as we connect the dots. You've spent much time around the church. You've heard Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It's pretty central to what Paul is talking about in the book of Ephesians, and it is absolutely central to what we are talking about in the Christian faith. It's so essential to it that I probably don't need to read it, but I just want to put it out there so it can be remind all of us. For by grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. Verses 8 and 9 get highlighted quite often, but verse 10 is also part of that thought and an essential part of that thought. I'm actually going to probably spend more time on verse 10 than verses 8 and 9. But all of them together tell us something really important. What they tell us is that God is the one who is at work providing the incredible grace and goodness that not only we, but all of his creation needs. That should answer an essential question for many of us is, if I'm a believer, if, if I'm a, a Christian, if I'm part of this church, what do I need to do? Just be with him. Just be with him. Rest on his goodness, rest on his grace, rest on his power. He has it all figured out already. He, he, he knows where the thing started, and he knows where we're at right now, and he knows where it's all headed. And he's going to walk us through this. And These verses remind us of the truth that he really does have everything under control, that it's him and not us. In verse 8, that's highlighted really well at the very beginning when it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. In the Greek construction, it's hard to understand what this is not of yourselves is referring to. Is it saying grace is not of ourselves, or salvation is not of ourselves, or faith is not of ourselves? What most scholars have come to is that it's all three. God's gifts aren't from you. God's freedom in healing is not from you. And your ability to trust him is not from you. Everything we have in this life comes from God alone. He is the source of all goodness. This is his gift to us. And if we would just simply receive it, that would be a completely different life. But we just don't like that. That is so hard for us. Why? Because it goes against our pride. It goes against our way of viewing ourselves. We have something to offer. We have good things that we can do. And so we have to step in. We have to do it. All these verbs in the passage are all passive verb. What God is saying to each and every one of us is what he said in the passage before. You've been seated with me. Take a seat. Just sit down. That is 
one of the hardest things for Christians, especially in the American church, to hear. Because we are performers. We work hard. We get things done. And God says, okay, so welcome to my church. Have a seat. That just goes against everything culturally in us. But that's exactly what Paul said in the passage right before. We used to walk by the world's structure. We used to journey along with everybody else, working so hard, working our fingers to the bone. We're going to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. And God says, take a seat and just simply receive my gifts. Simply let me make things right. And simply let me grow in you a heart that can trust and believe, that can step out even when it's scary. This is a result of his work, not a result of our works, verse 9 says. Why? So that none of us gets a big head, so that we don't head down the road that we started off in the beginning, that we can be like God, that only he is God. And we are so thankful that he is and we're not. What's, what's really important to grasp here is, is that it's never, God wants to set us free from all of our hard labor, trying to get his approval, trying to get his love. No, I love you. I chose you even when you were on the trash heap. I love you, just like I love everyone else. So don't think that all your hard work brought you into this relationship, because if you do, then you're going to think, All your hard work keeps you in this relationship. There is nothing that you can ever do that will separate you from the love of Christ. He has seated you in him. In the same token, there is nothing that you will ever do that will make him love you more. He's the one at work. We're just simply with him. He wants to set us free from trying to be like him. He really wants to heal us and let us be the created humans, so much less than the God of this universe that we really are. But doesn't he have any good plans for us? Doesn't he have something that is exceptional? Well, verse 10 is that, and it is just rich. In verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared in advance that we would walk in bunch of things here. For we are his workmanship. Oftentimes, if people move to verse 10 and move out of, for by grace you've been saved, they interpret it as, for you are his workmanship. No, it's not you are his workmanship. It's we are. We together are being something that God wants us to be a poem. The, the word in Greek is poema. It's where we get the word poem. Poetry in the ancient world, like the Iliad and the Odyssey, were these great grand epic novels that just captured all of life and that showed our place with the gods and it helped us to understand where we were going and where we had come from and how the gods were at work with us. And in fact, it became so attached to the work of the gods that the gods were said to be the ones who did poema. They were the ones who wrote the great poetry. C.S. Lewis, that great writer, 
taps into this when writing The Magician's Nephew and he's talking about the creation of the world and there's a song that goes out and that song is beyond words. It, it has a depth of beauty. It has a depth of poetry that just touches the human soul and it literally created life. Think of the greatest poems you've ever read. Those poems have truth. They have beauty they move us. They, they instill in us a sense of vision. They, they create in us something bigger than where we live. When God says we are his workmanship, he's saying, I want to use every single one of you like a letter on a page, and I want to put you together to make combinations that speak my words, that speak my truth in a way that I'm able to write the most beautiful poetry that has ever been written. And when it is read, people see me. They hear me. They're moved by me. And they're moved to me. We were created in our King Jesus for good works. These good works aren't the things that get us into relationship with God, but they're the things that keep us moving in deep relationship with Him. We don't have to work to receive his grace. But when we do receive his grace, it's for our work. He gives us his goodness. He gives us his power. He gives us his gifts so that we can do things we wouldn't be able to do on our own. One of my favorite authors says, it requires as much grace to live the Christian life as it does to enter it. Oftentimes we only attach grace to mercy and God forgiving us and bringing us into his family. And that is a great gift but he has so many other gifts to give to us, to empower us, and to make us the people that he designed for us to be, and to make us the people together that bring him glory. God thought this up before you ever saw a day. He knew the person you were going to marry. He knew the children you were going to have. He knew the church that you were going to be a part of. He knew the community that you would live in. He has placed you there to bring him glory, to write poetry, to capture the human heart, and to show them the God of great love. When we get this, when we get that God wants his creation to know his character, and not just by passively receiving him, but by actively journeying with him and journeying with his church, we're filled with a goodness that's more than what we can hold on to. And it brings blessing to the people around us. It shows them just how good and great this God is. This is the goodness that has built cathedrals, that's established governments, that's reformed education, that has transformed the arts and taken us to the heights of music. Just to name a few. His church, under his control, receiving passively his gifts and journeying with him in his goodness has changed this world. And it hasn't always been perfect. It hasn't always been complete. But God will bring to completion, Paul says in another part of his letters, he will bring to completion what he started. It reminds me of one of my favorite stories. It's called A Leaf by Niggle. 
this guy works and works every single day and has this tree that's in his mind that he's going to create and it's going to be the most beautiful thing and it's going to be so realistic. But he goes and helps a friend and he, he goes and he does this and he just never feels like he's going to get it done. And in fact, he never does. And when he enters into the fullness of heaven, he walks through and out in the middle of the field is his tree. It's his tree. It's like, how did this end up here? It's here. It's here because you're here. It's here because this was what God was working in you and through you, and it will be part of his eternal creation. That tree, just like you, Nigel, will bring him glory forever and forever and forever. What good work does God want to do in his church today? How could he work through insignificant people to accomplish half the job? But in that work, in that journey, to begin to write the most beautiful poem, the most beautiful epic story that tells of the great God of love and the people that he has redeemed. You and I, together, are his masterpiece. Will you choose to let him save you? Choose to rely on his gifts and simply just choose to trust him. You won't get it by your efforts, but you'll get it by his goodness. Why the church? Because God has the best story ever to be written in and through his people. To God be glory in his church, both now and forevermore. Amen. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you'd like more information, please visit us at drjasonlanker.com. That's D-R-Jason-L-A-N-K-E-R. May you go in the grace of God, and may you not just understand the Christian faith, but live it more fully this week.